0: So the Thessalonian church, it was a church under persecution, and uh, they had come through a lot. It says in the verses that they had left idols and followed Christ. So Paul was there at one point to bring to them the gospel, and it had a powerful, powerful uh, impact on them. He was writing 1 Thessalonians to really encourage them. This church that was dealing with having to stand solid in their faith as other people around them uh, made it difficult. Really a pagan culture, hard to be a Christian in. And they were living under this pressure, and Paul wanted to come and encourage them. And he wants to encourage them by pointing them back to the time that they received the word, when they first were saved, when they had changed From idol-worshiping pagans in that society to turn everything to the Lord Jesus. So these verses give us a unique perspective of how a person can go from this unbelieving world to a belief in Jesus and their their Savior. So Paul is going back there and he's saying here's what happened, here's what it was when I arrived, and how how well you responded to the message of the gospel, and he 's wanting to show them and wanting them to remember and I, I bet you you know we 've done that many times, I know I have has looked back on my early faith uh, when I uh, gave myself wholeheartedly to the Lord and thought of it with fondness and looked back even a number of years ago, probably even less than one year ago to look back and go, I've changed in this one area and God is still working. He's still real. And so Paul wanted to say under under all this persecution, under all the pressure you're under, your faith still works. Your faith still works. The question is, what do you do now as you live your life as an adult that your parents or parents used to do when you were a kid? What do you do now that basically does what they used to do. When you were a kid, you saw them doing something. I'll give you an example. My father always used to drive the car in a certain way, and he always would put his hand on the wheel up you know near where the window is in a certain way, put his head there. Just, it just was all, that he did it. So I think in my 20s, I realized that I was doing exactly the same thing that I saw him doing. And that's happened multiple times in my life, as I've seen, especially my father, is I find that I'm just doing the same things. I don't even realize it. I'm not, it's not even conscious for me, but I'm imitating who he was that I saw. So that's the idea. Okay, so uh, there are good ones and there are bad ones. My mother likes sweets, huge amounts of them. And uh, I like sweets, huge amounts of them until my doctor said I shouldn't do that. So there are things that we have and we're imitating. Sometimes we don't even know we're imitating, but imitation in the right way is a good thing. So let's talk about that a little bit. Open up to 1 Thessalonians 1. I'm gonna read you the whole context of the verse because it all holds together. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse two, and uh, I'm just gonna read to verse eight. We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Paul came, they received the word, and it said they imitated Paul, they imitated the Lord. And I just wanna draw your attention to one thing about how this works with the gospel. He came and what he did was gave them the gospel, and we're gonna talk about how he gave them the gospel in just a minute. They accepted the word, they changed, they were radically transformed by the gospel because they received it, and they followed Paul. They started looking toward the Lord to follow him as well, the things he did to, to learn and grow and grow. They influenced all the people around them, the cities around them, and it didn't stop there. And then it went further into larger areas. It's This is how the gospel works. It's very attractive when presented in a way that is the opposite of your culture. So did you, did you hear that? It's very attractive when it's presented in a way that's the opposite of the culture you're living in. Very attractive. It's not so attractive as a gospel if it was exactly like the people were living, it's just that's how they lived. It's very attractive though that if it stands against the culture. So Paul came with four things for them, and he wanted to, in bringing these, this is what they receive, this is how they change. And so I want us to know these because this is how the people around us change. This is how we could learn to give the gospel and be ready to present the hope that is within us. And Paul set up something that he said, follow me, do this. And this is what they were imitating. So that's what we're looking at. This is what Paul did. In verse 5, it says, Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, with full conviction, and you know what kind of men proved to be among you, that we proved to be among you. So I want you to see those four things. The four things that Paul came with, that they imitated, were the word, the power through the Holy Spirit, deep conviction and godly character. They were living out their faith before them. Those are the four things that Paul brought to them. And in fact, that's basically the things that Paul brought to every church he went to. And these things are worthy to be followed, worthy to be imitated, and they lead to more and more imitation and more and more growth and the gospel was spreading. I say this because these are basically the opposite of the culture they were in. So in our culture today, these are the opposite of our culture as well, more and more and more. So the first one was the word. They moved away from idols, from human wisdom, and began to trust in God's wisdom. And so when Paul brought the word, he was not only just bringing the the word that he was speaking. For Paul, it was the word he was speaking. It was also the word of the Old Testament, which is what he had for scripture. They didn't have the New Testament, but he would bring to them the meaning behind the Old Testament, and he would expound upon that. He would preach upon it. He would teach upon it, and I'm also sure that he used his testimony as well to give in there and to make this the word. So the word became very, very powerful. It became very, very significant to these people. And you have to stand back as we're talking about in this uh, in this year for us, how important the word is. It became a foundation for them to rely on. And Paul knew it would be. Paul knew it would be, they would hold on to this. Often in these letters, it says in them very clearly, Pass these along to other people, pass these words and these letters on to other people. It's gonna make a difference in their lives. These were not like letters that we view today, although these might be important if you happen to get an actual letter in the mail anymore, but it's much different than what Paul was doing with these. These were transformational letters directly from God, through Paul, through the people, and they received this word truth, So one of the main things, first of all, is this. They went from human wisdom to God's wisdom from the word. That's the first thing he wanted them to, to be imitators of. He wanted them to follow this. He wanted them to say, listen, there is another wisdom way beyond this world. That's the wisdom you want. Turn away from the way you see your culture moving. Toward idols, toward human wisdom, toward self-fulfillment, and let's go to the Word. Let's let's follow that wisdom. That was a conscious choice that they did, and they received that. You said you received that Word. That was a conscious choice to start thinking as God wants you to think, not as the world thinks. To put our minds on things above. The second thing is the power through the Holy Spirit, also. The word came not only in word, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit. The gospel was given in power through the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard a Billy Graham message, Billy Graham sermon. Most of us have, but if you haven't, they're online, they're everywhere. You can You can get them, listen to one. And listen to it as a mature believer. Turn it on and listen to how he gives the gospel. It is... The simplest explanation that you can hear of the gospel message, the truth. He just, he's just talking. He's up there talking. But as he's talking and he finishes, hundreds or sometimes thousands of people come down from the stands to go toward him to receive Christ. It may seem simple, it may be just human words, it may just be English words, but when the power infuses it it changes people see we're not talking about human wisdom human power we're talking about supernatural power so Paul wanted them to catch that as well is when the gospel comes it comes in power there were miracles surrounding it for for Paul i mean he was performing them in some instances they obviously were referring to Jesus as well, and the power that came as Jesus preached the good news, and the Holy Spirit, that also in power and through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is welcomed in to any kind of presentation of the gospel, it makes it go from human to over-the-top powerful. Often, we will go to say to someone, present to someone the gospel, someone we are concerned desperately about, and we go to tell them. And we go to, to reason with them about what this is. And we, we want to really, we want to talk to you about this. <laughs> well, I would consider another way. Paul was giving them the gospel, but with power through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was part of what Paul was doing. He wasn't left aside, he was invited into this every time he came to a church to give the gospel or came to an area to give the gospel so that it would become a church. The power through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was invited in to do this. And the power was seen in how Paul lived his life. They could tell. will talk about that in just a minute as well. It said it also it came with deep conviction because our gospel came to you not only with the word, right? With with God's wisdom, but also in power and, and through the Holy Spirit. So it came supernaturally beyond what you can even imagine. It's it's the same thing. When Billy Graham said something, the spirit was moving in people's lives to draw them. It's a it's a, a message to us about how churches attract people it is not with the worldly wisdom it's with supernatural wisdom from the word it's with supernatural power through the holy spirit and then it says with full conviction this is the other thing that they were imitating paul as he gave the gospel this is one of the things with full conviction is how it came to them and they recognize that. That's one of the things that caused them to want the gospel, full conviction. Paul and his companions were abandoning themselves. They were abandoned to God. This was not a passing fancy. This was not to these people listening. This was not just another idol, another person talking about a religious thing, another person talking about a festival, or this, this was someone who was speaking to them who was deeply, deeply convinced that the gospel was a life for all eternity if you would accept the Lord Jesus. Paul was convinced this was real, and this is what we have to be in any time we're presenting the gospel, uncompromising. Paul did not Compromise for anything. Read, you know, First Corinthians, uh, if you want to see Paul in his all his glory, <laughs> uh, holding the line for God with a church that he loved, but he was not going to put up with anything that was not correct. Deep conviction, firm, unchanging belief that this was all true. When we're talking to people about the Lord, this comes across. This, this abandonment, this commitment comes across. If you have to be in the middle of persecution and you're going to change from being an idol worshiper where there is no persecution to a follower of Jesus where you know there's going to be persecution, you want to make sure you know what you're doing. You want to make sure the people telling you this really believe that this is true. And Paul did. He abandoned himself uncompromising. Paul had decided that he would die to himself for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the good news. And it's a challenge to us to live our lives like this, deeply convicted, so that the people around us go, they are just really odd, but they believe what they're saying. And it's wonderful. I followed people like that early on. We all do when we're imitating people. We first follow the people we listen to. The first person I heard talk about this, you know, in a in a concrete way was a pastor. I immediately wanted to know who he was, what he did, how he did this. And I wanted to keep listening to him. I wanted to keep hearing. I just, that's what believers do. They follow the people that influence them. Eventually, we move on to the word and get more into the word and start following directly Jesus because we can understand it now. But we start it starts with this person with deep conviction. And this is what Paul was giving to the Thessalonians. A firm unchanging belief that was true Paul would have died for this and did and the last one was godly character so this has to come with wisdom from the Word but it also comes through this power through the Holy Spirit it's supernatural it also has to come with deep conviction but this last one is critical It says, with full conviction, in verse 5, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. See, they were living out their faith. It's not enough to say the word and to have power and to have deep conviction if you're not living it out in front of people. And this is where the rubber meets the road for for most of us because what is a disciple a disciple is not someone who is caught up in the philosophy of God not someone who is caught up in just believing because it's convenient a disciple is somebody who not only listens to the teacher but does what the teacher does that's hard that's where people started to leave Jesus doing what he's saying to do that's can be difficult at times doing it, not just accepting it, living it out. People notice this. This is one of the main reasons the gospel grew in the early church. The pagan society was watching them. These people were not just saying we should love each other. They were loving each other. They were not saying we should just love all people. They were loving everyone, the wealthy, the very poor, They were inviting them all in for a meal. This was a radical concept. They weren't just talking about it. They were doing it. That's attractive. That's attractive. That makes you want to go and say, there must be something real here because no one would actually do these things. They sound good. Jesus mentioned to the Pharisees, he said, you you walk around and you, you do all these things. And he said to the people, do what they're saying to do, but don't do what they're doing because they were not doing what they should have been doing. It was the hypocrisy that made Jesus angry. Saying one thing, being religiously, you know, verbose about who they were and wanting all this attention, but not caring in reality, not walking the walk, not doing what God was calling them to do. And this is the challenge of discipleship. So Paul is mention these things to us as I think, for us, particularly as a reminder. And it says in verse 6, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So you became an example, right? You became someone to imitate to all the believers in Macedonia. It just keeps going. So our challenge, our prayer tonight, is that these would become what we're about as disciples. The word... Godly wisdom as we're looking above, we're looking to him, not to worldly wisdom. The power that we're allowing as God fills us with his Holy Spirit. Deeply convicted, conviction about this, being abandoned to God so that he can become lifted up as we step back. And godly character where we're living out the faith that we all believe. The challenging part, doing what the teacher said, not just listening to it. This is the opposite of our culture, if you look at it closely. Living this out, the church living this out, I know will be attractive to the pagan culture that is in our world. You don't make it super easy for everyone. Let's all go and have ice cream because Jesus loved ice cream.
1: Yay!
0: No, this is what attracts people. A life like this is attractive. Not easy, but attractive. And Paul knew that and they followed him. They imitated him. So bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you, and we praise you for your goodness and your graciousness. Uh, Lord, we want to follow you. So, Father, we we recommit our our lives now. We recommit our lives to following you, to being disciples, Lord, who want to have our mind on things above, not on worldly wisdom. We turn our lives over now, Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we could walk in the power that's supernatural in this world. That, Father, we ask that if we are not, Lord, you would make us fully filled with this conviction of how real this is, how true this belief is. Uncompromising conviction, Lord Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that there is no other way. And Father, uh, help us to live out this life, Lord. The fruit of the Spirit would fill us, Father, that we would live filled with holiness and righteousness in your power as you give us strength to do it, as you guide us to do it, that we would live in holiness and people would be attracted to this. And when they come to ask what it's all about, Father, I ask that you would help us to be able to say clearly, Jesus is the way. He has the good news. He is the good news. He is the way to eternity with the Father. There is no other way. Lord, give us the strength to say the truth about the Lord Jesus. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys.
1: If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His Son came to the earth, though he was completely without sin. He died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me To live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work, but if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.